This week's podcast brought to you by Jer Bear. I was just about to press record to start recording the podcast, and you said, just a second, I have to sneeze. And after three seconds, you did sneeze. And as a good husband, I didn't press record. Therefore, your sneeze is not on the podcast. But you also didn't say, God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Shall we begin? Yes, we shall. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. A comedian named Barry Sobel, this was probably in the 80s, uh, had a comic rap that went, I come from New York City with the hustle and the bustle, and I got more rhymes than Nipsey Russell, which I always appreciated because I love Nipsey Russell. But uh, this is that time of year where we've got the hustle and the bustle. Have you finished hustling and or bustling? No, I'm still mid-hustle and mid-bustle. Um, I thought you were going to add, you know, that you had some rhymes to throw in, that you had some Christmas rhymes to cheer up the folks listening no no i've got no i've got no rhymes i just thought that might be an do you an have entree. hustle and bustle or are you done I, with I your it, hustle and bustle? i thought it might be an entree or even an appetizer into the um the christmas season the holiday uh hustle bustle the days leading up to christmas where you're checking online to see if this thing can be delivered in two days and then handicapping whether or not their claim that it will be delivered in two days is really true because right. we've been burned in the past. Right. Um, but you're you're in mid-bustle. I'm in mid-bustle. In late hustle. Yes. Oh, but I did come through on last year's New Year's resolution. Do you remember what my New Year's resolution was last year? Uh, I remember only, I don't know if this was last year's New Year's resolution, but I do know that our friend Dan in Milwaukee texted me a couple of days ago. I didn't tell you about this. He said, don't wait by your mailbox uh, for our Christmas card because they're going out late. And I said, well, certainly don't wait by yours because we haven't even ordered them yet. And he re- responded that you guys resolved on the podcast. We did. To get the Christmas cards out early this year. And we didn't do that. So what? So that was resolved to get them out early. I just remember that, that we resolved to do them, that we were definitely, I mean, we don't really make New Year's res- resolutions, but I said, yes, next year I'm going to make sure to send a Christmas card out. So... We didn't get it out early. And after I made the Christmas card, I went on one of the websites and put the pictures in and did all that. And um, and went and it said, like, Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays. I think it was Merry Christmas. And I went to order them. It showed that they were going to arrive between December 26th and January 1st. And that's when I went back in and edited it and changed Merry Christmas to Happy New Year. <laughs> So we, we're getting a step closer. So we have holiday cards this year that I don't know when they're going to be going out because they haven't yet come in, but they've, they've been made. I've been told by, by my email that they, they're on their way to us. And then uh, we just have to stamp them, address them, and get them back out, and people will be getting Happy New Year's cards well, from us. But that wasn't your New Year's resolution last year, right? No, I think it was. Oh, I think that was. that's the one that we talked about on the podcast. So, so yeah. you didn't. You didn't 
No, we got we got cards out. Okay, I thought, it's I thought still twenty twenty. I thought it was to get Christmas cards out in a timely fashion, but um, I don't remember exactly what it was. I'm certain I did not say that my resolution was to get Christmas cards out in a timely fashion. I think it was to get to to do Christmas cards, but um, I don't know. Maybe Denny can work his magic and, and find the snippet well, of exactly what I said, but but that would just be making work for him. I think our holiday gift to Denny should be not having to find not, that snippet. Not having to find that snippet. But, so I do know that we are sending out some sort of holiday slash New Year's cards in 2020. They will be mailed in 2020, and therefore I will have come through on my resolution. But, but as you know, anybody, it's the old Seinfeld, anybody can take a reservation. The key is to hold the reservation. Anybody can order Christmas cards and I appreciate you ordering the Christmas cards. Really and anybody and the kids, can order Christmas cards. You and the kids anybody can. Composing them. And yet I had to get us New Year's cards well, you, even though anybody You can are get, you are can a make body. Them. So I'm glad you did. I mean No no I, I know. don't even that, that was that was that was poorly stated <laughs> don't on my even. part. I was trying to echo the Seinfeld uh, dialogue but right. what what I'm saying is What are you saying? I'm saying it's a great achievement to order the order the Christmas cards and to to uh, design them and all that. And I'm so grateful that you did. That's what I meant to say. You meant to say it's a great achievement to design. You know what but, the problem but, was me, this year? But, but there's a second half of that sentence. But perhaps the, the more time-consuming and labor-intensive bit of sending out the Christmas cards is stuffing the envelopes, addressing the envelopes, stamping the envelopes, and mailing the envelopes. The addressing of the envelopes was made easy by me a few years ago when I inputted all of our the addresses of family and friends and neighbors and kids' classmates and all those things. Inputted? In, inputted uh, onto my computer, into whatever kind of form you need, so that all we have to do is I just press the button and those print out on labels. So <clears throat> the addressing of the cards won't be difficult. But let me rewind a little bit. The reason it was a little more challenging this year is because our kids, our older two in particular, have an opinion on which picture I use. It used to be I just would make the card and that would be that. Well, it probably started last year. It wouldn't have been last year because I didn't make one last year. Like I started working on this Christmas card, well, when it was still a Christmas card, a week and a half ago. But no, one of our kids couldn't find any picture that she liked. No, I don't want you to use that one because for this reason. No, I don't want you to use that one for this other reason. I have to take a different picture. Like it became a thing, a project. Instead of me just putting in the pictures I thought they looked good in or I thought they looked cute or whatever, now they had to have an opinion and it's hard it set us to, back two weeks. It's hard enough to get uh, four kids to all be looking at the camera or smiling or not hitting each other. In a, If we get one of those pictures a year, it's a good year. But then to have the added hurdle of all four of them liking their look right. in that picture it's it's nearly it's a impossible problem. well because we did a family picture which was mid like quarantine it was the summer so you had this you have your nice long beard um and then we also did individual ones and the individual ones were actually the bigger problem i i don't like this one because i'm wearing my glasses i don't like this one because i'm not smiling or i'm t- smiling too big or oh so next year um I'm, i've learned my lesson if if we go back to doing christmas cards instead of just new year's cards I might just do the pictures and not ask anybody for their um, input. Well, certainly or don't ask. Don't ask for my input. And if I'm on the Christmas card, I think I know what you're talking about because we usually take a family picture in the summer, when like around sunset when the light is night nice. We try at yeah. the beach, and I think in every one of those pictures, I'm wearing the same nine dollar shirt 
which means that if you go back and look at our extensive Christmas card archive, I'm probably wearing that shirt in at least three or four of the Christmas cards of the last well, 10 years. This is the first year that you're wearing the $9 beard, though. So that would be a way to differentiate this year from years in the past. That's true. Uh, I'm only wearing the $9 beard because I, I kept asking myself, where have I putted my razor? <laughs> Where have you putted your razor? Well, didn't you say inputted earlier? That's oh, yes. the past tense of input. I guess. Why is that? Can I not use that as a word? Well, I mean, input is not a great word for to begin it's, with. But. but it's perfect for the things I was talking, what I was talking about, putting the addresses into the computer. It's an input. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not disputing that people use it. I'm just saying they probably, it's not my favorite word. Um, At what age did you start telling people that? that the words they used weren't your favorite or they weren't good words. I'm just curious, like, were you in fourth grade irritating your teachers and your parents, or was it earlier than that, or was it much later than that? Do you find me irritating? No, I find that irritating, though. No, you find me irritating. <laughs> no, like, even right now, I'm not irritated by you, but I am <laughs> irritated that you inputted, and then you come back to it minutes later irritated by you that that that's uh is irritated an okay great, word to use? <laughs> if, if i ever have a um a, a piece of land in louisiana named after me it will be irritated by you <laughs> well what do you think of this word i was on a conference call recently and um it, i don't even remember what it was exactly for but somebody was talking about um something that the company or the business or whatever had done well and the question was then asked all right, well, well, what's the brag? What's the brag here? Like, what can they say to the media or to whoever to, you know, like, what's the brag? And I, I just kind of went against everything I've ever of like, thought about in life. What's the brag? Who's, first of all... How like, can we avoid bragging? Right. Like, you, you, you don't ever look highly upon someone who you see as a braggart, well, right? Like, for my mother, that was didn't. always like the, the, the worst thing you could be was a braggart. You didn't. Your parents didn't. That's why you didn't. Same thing with my parents in my family. My dad is probably the most um, uh, self-effacing and more than that, self-deprecating person on the planet. And, uh, and that was something you tried to avoid, of course. And, and But he didn't have to ask how do you not brag in this situation? It would never occur to him right. to, to do something so, like and that. And the, the best part of when, when the question was asked, all right, what's the brag here? What's the brag here? Was that then a couple people had to answer and say, well, I think the brag is boom, 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 boom. And then a few minutes later, somebody else, it was their turn to talk about this project or whatever. And then they had to say, and I think the brag is this other thing. <laughs> I was just sitting there like, Really? So anyway, that was a new one for me. I hadn't heard that one on, a, um, on any kind of a business conference call before. In, in their defense, I would say, if you're in marketing and sales, and my dad actually was in sales and marketing, um, as a, as a, uh, if you're, for a product, I suppose you have to, quote, unquote, brag about it. You have to advertise it. You have to uh, sell it. You have to talk it up. Right. right? Yeah, of course. In, in that context, I, I get it. I just didn't like that phrase and that use of the word what was the, the uh, famous it, advertising slogan for i think it was for carlsberg beer it was it was uh something like perhaps one of the finest beers in the world i, I like the low key the, the soft right. sell the, well, of course the, you do you're minnesotan i mean can you imagine like one of our kids coming home and you know handing us like you know our, our fifth grader when she comes home i think it's on friday she she gives us like 
all the tests that she's taken that week and the teacher has stapled them together and and uh, so you can see them all or they might come home with some homework or come home with whatever. Can you imagine if we started saying, well, what's the brag there, kiddo? What's the brag? Right. It's the brag that you got the 95 or that you got the 92. Like, what's the brag? <laughs> Carlsberg, probably the best logger in the world. I don't know if that was because of a truth in advertising laws or or just out of some kind of uh, uh, faux humility. But I, I say I, it I like again. Perhaps. Probably. Oh, probably the best logger in the world. Maybe yeah. not. You know, who's to but, say? Who are yeah. we to say? It's it, how great would it be where, um, you know, what are all the, the ribs places? World's famous. Uh, world's Ray's pizza. Ray's famous pizza. Famous pizza. Famous, yeah. But isn't it like with ribs or barbecue? It's world famous. Oh, yeah, there's barbecue. all kinds of those. I mean, how great it would be if there was a restaurant. Probably. The best barbecue around. <laughs> Jerry's Famous Deli in, in, in Westwood, no longer there, but where where our then one-year-old fell out of her stroller and, and cut her face open. And bled. At, at Jerry's Famous Deli. But but was it famous? I, I, it was famous because it said so, right? right? But, but right, like if you saw a restaurant, I mean, would you be any more likely to go into a place that said um, world's best barbecue or right next to it, probably the world's best barbecue? I mean, would I would go to the one with probably just because they I would, had a better I, I, sense of humor about I it. I would be more inclined to go to one that says, uh, uh, you know, I like those places. You see, uh, occasionally you see in a diner or a restaurant, I think I may have seen one like in Nisswa, Minnesota one summer, but but I love them. The, the signs that say, sorry, we're open. Right. <laughs> That's the kind of place I want to go to. Congratulations, world's best cup of coffee. Great job, everybody. This is not a brag. This is the opposite of a brag. It was a very low parenting moment. Um, the other night, Sunday night, is our daughter's, our youngest daughter's favorite night um, of television. Because um, what's the first show that comes on that she loves? Well, she loves uh, The Masked Singer. Oh, what night? Are we Sunday night. Oh, Sunday night. America's Sunday Funniest night. Videos. Of course. And um, then followed by... Um, uh, Supermarket Sweep with Leslie Jones. And, and then, then, then isn't Who Wants be a millionaire on after yeah who that? wants to be a millionaire it's like the three in a row that she loves and that we can all watch together and it's great well you said to her on sunday you said it's probably not going to be the normal lineup because usually this time of year around the holidays they have specials yeah. and so you told her tonight instead of your lineup of shows the sound of music is on four hour extravaganza with commercials the sound of music is on so it, that was like before dinner so and, then after dinner, and, and, but we've we've watched the Sound of Music so many times with with our with, older two kids. Well, I just assumed that they'd all seen it a million right. times. I we mean, watched. We, we wore the DVD out. We wore out the DVD, the second DVD with interviews with Julie Andrews twenty five years later. Watched it constantly. So, so happily so. So you know that evening when we sit down to watch TV, our uh, our youngest said, you know, after we watch this, I forget what it was we were watching. After we watch this, can we um, watch that a music? that music awards show that you were talking about. And I looked at her and I said, what music award show is on? And so she said, dad, that's the one dad said, the music award show. And then um, we realized, or you realized that it instead was the sound of music. And we said, wait, you haven't seen the sound of music before? And she looked at us and like shook her head no. And I was horrified by that. So, of course, we put the television on and she and I started watching it. But, yeah, it was on network TV. So every, what, seven or eight minutes of actual 
movie content, there were seven or eight minutes of commercials. Watching The Sound of Music, which is already a long movie, um, but a phenomenal movie, as everyone knows. The the way to watch it is not on network TV when there's commercials every few minutes. When I was a kid in the Twin Cities, uh, Sound of Music was a store where you could buy phones and uh, radios and uh, you know you could buy your electric organ or whatever and and music land was you know a place you could buy records and all that there's sound of music and music land and um so you could it buy records at the sound of music only at music land i think you could buy records at the sound of music but you could buy phones there are you I remember sure you're the, remembering what they sold yes and and i'm going to get to that because it <laughs> It expanded. It opened a big box store. The way it became f- and renamed itself Best Buy, okay? Okay. The way you're feeling right now as I was interrupting you is how I felt before with um, input it. Just slightly annoyed. <laughs> you, were, you were put out by input it, right? Right. I was, you were, yes. You were put it out by input it. <laughs> now, are you, what would turn it around on yourself? You are... I will be booted out of of the house <laughs> of Best Buy, so it turned into Best Buy. It turned into Best Buy, whose headquarters were in um, my hometown. Well, uh, at, at four ninety four and thirty five W on the Bloomington Richfield on the uh, lawless border regions between Bloomington and Richfield. You got nothing to say to that. I find it fascinating. Well, this was all a long digression in our discussion of New Year's resolutions, and, and we didn't get to my New Year's resolution of 2020 a year ago. And I, Denny doesn't have to look for this because I remember it off the top of my head. I had resolved um, first week of this past year to to travel the world, to hug as many strangers as I could, and to always show a smile wherever I went. But Denny doesn't have to look this up. He doesn't have to look that up no. because I, I think you know we well. We just that that was know my, that yeah, that was yeah. what your resolution was. And, so tell me what it was again. It was to travel the world extensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To hug hug strangers on a daily basis. Of course. And to show a smile to everybody I encounter. Mm-hmm. And 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 COVID nineteen the pandemic of course quashed all of those right. all of those hopes. Mm-hmm. So instead, I did what I usually do, which was I sat at home brooding, hugging no one and never smiling. True. About right. Well, one of our kids came home the other night from a from a Christmas get together, distanced and safe with her friends to exchange secret, secret Santa, Santa gifts. gifts. Yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, did you know our daughter was the one who told me this? There were four of them, and she said, uh, "Well, yeah, there's a." So there's a ton of online secret Santa generators, and you just put people's names in, and then they get an email, and then nobody knows who has who. What? Right, exactly. What does what? And what so step she said, "Does that save? Huh? What step does that save? Drawing a name from a hat? Well, especially during COVID, yeah, when you can't all be together to do it. So anyway, it was our daughter who was the one who spearheaded this. I didn't even know those apps existed, and so um, so she said none of the kids knew." who another one had because they had just gotten emails from this secret Santa generator. So that thing exists. Leaving those those names on an email list for the rest of oh, time. Of course, that's the whole point. So anyway, proceed. Oh, so so anyway, she came home and and uh, I was asking, well, I was driving her home and asking how it went. And over in the course of this conversation, she mentioned that uh, pretty much that each of her friends has developed a devastating impersonation of 
of this group of friends' fathers. Yeah. And uh, and uh, showed me a, a picture on her phone of, of one of those friends um, doing an impersonation of a couple of the dads by uh, putting her nose, her, her glasses on the bridge of her nose and holding her phone at arm's length <laughs> while looking down There's at it. There's sort of this like delicious rite of passage, uh, for right? Sure. For kids. Um, and as their parent to learn that they are now at the age where they're doing impersonations of their parents, but good ones, you know, not like oh, when, dead on, when you're, spot on. Yeah, yeah, not like when your young one just like changes their voice. Not and even says like, not even silly. like your impression of me is right. always, oh, I'm going to go to the store. Look right. at me. I'm going to the store. I don't know what that was, but right. No, they're like these really kind of nuanced and smart and dead on impressions of their parents. And, and when, um, I saw the picture that they took of the one kid doing that, holding her phone away with the glasses, her glasses on the bridge of her nose or the bed, um, yeah. end of her nose. I was just like, good for her. There was Absolutely. a sense of pride. Like, yes, this is the kind of friend I want our daughter to have. I mean, my group of friends in high school, if we thought it was, I don't even thought it was cool or what, but at some point, everybody started referring privately among the friends to their, to, to the other kids' parents by their first names, never to the parents themselves. But, you know, it was always, uh, you know, our uh, uh, Terry and Dory going to let you use the car tonight, that sort of thing. And and uh, and they would say the same thing to me about, you know, our Jane and Don home. And, and um, why? I, I don't know. But, um, but I imagine that these monsters are doing the same thing. I had a good laugh. And our daughter mentioned that one of her friends, having had her wisdom teeth taken out and and all hopped up on the laughing gas, had referred to her dentist, whose first name, I believe, is Jerry something. Um, she referred to him as Jer Bear. <laughs> to him. To him, of course. <laughs> In the chair. She called him. In the Jer Bear Jer chair. Bear. <laughs> Shall we uh, go to viewer mail? Yes, let's go to viewer mail. Big bad book, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Uh, Ralph in Maryland sends a uh, PDF of uh, from Bloomberg Business Week of a uh, magazine profile of Renee Montgomery and her uh has given a, a boost to Morris Brown College's $5 million fundraising, fundraising campaign, which helped it apply for reaccreditation. Uh, I, can't, I can't pronounce any of those words. No, why is that? I, 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 I don't know, but uh, uh, I'll pass this on to you. Ralph says she used her time, uh, has made good use of her time away from the court. So yeah, well, Renee Montgomery was one of the players who opted not to play this past WNBA season. Um, and devoted a lot of time towards social justice issues. She lives in the Atlanta area. Um, she also became part of LeBron James, I believe, more, more Than a Vote campaign um, that helped register voters and facilitate the voting process for the this past election. But um, I marvel at Renee. I, I follow her on uh, social media, and um, very worthwhile following her. Uh, but, you know, a player who... Um, would have been a huge piece for the Atlanta Dream this past summer, um, would have been their starting point guard and uh, stepped away and instead devoted a lot of time. And, and it wasn't just talking about it. And she was 
everywhere talking, but it was um, doing it. I saw her participating in in different um, events and at, uh, you know, even during some of the Black Lives Matter protests, she was out handing out water to people, um, just absolutely kind of putting her money where her mouth is. So, uh, you know, just really great representative of UConn basketball and of the WNBA. Ralph is a font of information this week, as every week. Um, he, he, By the way, he writes Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Estiva. I heard the dogs barking at the end of the podcast. I think the dogs were barking at the end of the podcast oh, nice. last week. Do you remember that? Um, vaguely. Well, this week, we just before viewer mail, we had to pause recording because the dogs were outside barking I, at the right. uh, so I brought the them little, in. So if they bark, we'll definitely hear them this little time. Little corner of the yard I like to call speaker's corner. Mm. But uh, but we talked about uh, bright lights in Springfield. There's just, there's a zoo yeah. in Forest Park, and um, and Ralph uh, was once asked if uh, Springfield had a zoo. I could honestly answer that I didn't know. He says then I came to know that Mr. Gazelle, Dr. Seuss's dad, was on the board of the zoo. Hence, if I ran the zoo, did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Fascinating. Um, uh, he also writes of Barry Gibb. He has nothing to worry about. In addition to your to our daughter knowing, uh, staying alive. Uh, staying alive. Uh, Bee Gees concert was on WHUT in DC tonight. As he writes this, and um, I always was always struck by New York mining disaster of 1941 and other stuff by them. There's been a huge Bee Gees revival. Barry Gibb was just on uh, the Tonight Show the other night with Jimmy Fallon. He's promoting this documentary and a, and a new album he has with country songs with country artists that he's always liked. So he's doing duets with like Dolly Parton and and um, uh, Brandy Carlisle, people like that. So Interesting. Yeah, anyway. Um, thank you, Ralph. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, Dr. Siegel, uh, we'll let him back clean up as always, but he did send a link this week to... Um, a story in the Atlanta in the San Diego Union Tribune that little little free libraries are our, our, our beloved little free libraries. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like them best when they're shaped like houses and have shingled roofs. Yep. Are are thriving during the pandemic, which you, you pandemic only briefly curtailed the popular idea that neighbors love. You would have thought that the opposite would happen, but um, but but they haven't. Yeah. Well, thriving. even the other day, uh, it was a snow day here, and our daughter really wanted to read this book. And she said, is the library open today? I said, I don't think so because it's a snow day. She said, well, is there a virtual library? Like, is there any way we can get, uh, you know, get this book? Um, And uh, so, of course, people are still probably more than ever um, wanting to have a book in their hands so they can read. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Russian, writes Julianne, J-U-L-I-A-N-N-E. Hello from your resident child listener. How are you? I'm well. Are you staying safe? A resident child listener. Age 10. Yes. Julianne, nice. I wonder if she's seen The Sound of Music. Uh, if she hasn't, I'm sure she will ASAP. I know that this has been talked about in past episodes, but it has slipped my mind to send this to you. Does this qualify for a granny bowl? I have included a picture. It must be authentic because it's my grandmother's. It has candy in it, too. And she sends a, I would say, a quintessential oh, classic that's granny bowl. Oh, definition of and, a granny and, bowl. And it's on a doily? It's on a doily, and it's, and it's, and it's deep, so there's got to be a lot of candy in that in that uh, what etched crystal bowl, right? Yeah, it's that. That is, I bet if you looked up, you pulled out your G encyclopedia and flipped it to GR for the granny bowl, that might be one of the pictures yeah, that for sure. was there. Uh, Julianne writes, I've been go- busy keeping busy going to school five days a week. Are your children virtual, hybrid, or five days a week in person? Rebecca? Julie, our, our younger children including been, including a 10 year old a 10 year old and a 12 year old have been um, going in person every single day and then we have two high schoolers who are mostly going 
attending school, but they have had a couple stints, including this week, where they are doing it virtually. Uh, if they are in school, how do they feel about wearing masks all day? They don't mind it. They haven't. I, I Hopefully, Julianne doesn't mind it either because our kids have not said a word about it bothering them. Our daughter told me today that when she got out of the car to go into school yesterday, she had forgot to put her mask up. And uh, and I did that the other day going into Cumberland Farms. I went in. I was nearly to the door when I realized I didn't have a mask on, and I kind of froze. And you did it the other day, too, didn't you? For the first time, because I have gotten like halfway through a parking lot and realized, oh, I don't have my mask and have gone back to the car and grabbed it. Yesterday was the first time that I actually went through the door and got inside before I realized it. And this was to the post office. I walked into the post office and just then as the guy, I, I realized and a guy was coming in and I said, I'm so like I pulled my shirt up over my face. I said, I'm so sorry. I, I forgot my mask. And he said, oh, I've done that plenty. So then I went back to the car. And, uh, and got it. Oh, finally, I wanted to send you Christmas wishes. See card attached. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and your family. Your resident child listener, Julianne, age 10. P.S. Thank you so much for the swag. And Rebecca, I'm going to get up here so you can see the Christmas card. Oh, adorable. I bet she, uh, I bet she told her parents that that was a fine picture to use on the Christmas card. I bet after her mother or father inputted that, Yes. Into the, um, the you site. know, I I wonder if she has watched um, the Sound of Music. If she watches it like the way we used to when our older daughters were little. Do you remember? Do you want it to end before the scary part, or do you want to watch oh, the whole movie? That part. Remember that? that? Part. Yeah. So of that's so often they'd watch the Sound of Music, music, but they'd end it before the scary part, which I think was right when they performed. Yeah, yeah. Right, the Von yeah, Trapp yeah, family they singers. To, they have to uh, flee the stage and escape. Yeah, we we did not need the. Uh, <laughs> What's that? The last bit of that movie, probably thirty-five minutes. I don't know. That's anyway. Uh, Julianne, thank you for the Christmas card, and thanks to other people, we've gotten some Christmas cards. We have. And, I was uh, stunned. We've gotten a couple Christmas cards from Ball and Chain listeners, and um, and it's very, very sweet. So we appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, we've got an email from George in Columbus. Speaking of uh-huh, uh, George, of listeners to whom we are uh, indebted for various gifts over the years i'm waiting for the um steve russian face snowman that he's going to build and then send us the picture no, no, like no, when no. he does no, the on dry ice yes yeah uh, hoarding the dry ice from the uh from the vaccine people i was wondering that too like what is the difference in the in the demand for dry ice now versus you know a few months I, ago before the pfizer I, vaccine i think the uh the pfizer vaccine is the greatest uh, consumer of dry ice since Kiss's 1978 world tour, <laughs> which was a previous record holder. Right, I would imagine. Uh, Stephen Rebecca writes, George, thanks for continuing the podcast and keeping us entertained during COVID-19, the pandemic. Before the year is over, I was hoping you could fill us in on some lingering holiday topics that might be of interest to your loyal viewers. Ready, Rebecca? There are two bullet points. I know how you love bullet points. I do love bullet points. Do, really, do you need bullet points if there are only two items, though? That's my question. Sure, why not? I mean, what about one? No, you wouldn't do one, but you could do more than one. Okay. Well, I know you can because George has done it. Ready? Rebecca, on the first podcast of 2020, you told Steve that your New Year's resolution was to send Christmas cards this year. How did that go? Well, I think you've you've answered that. I, you've answered I'm it. Sending, you've answered it wrongly. I'm sending cards this year. We haven't done it yet, though. And but I will. And they might receive them next year, but I'm sending them this year. So I've partly I, fulfilled it. Can I ask you a critical question? You can. Do we have stamps? We will. 
I didn't get them yesterday when I went into the post office without a mask on because <clears throat> I've never seen the post office that busy. But we will have stamps I, before I, the new year. They will. Our kids, that's one thing they like doing. They put, like putting the stamps I, on the envelopes. I, I know I know. we will because you said to me yesterday, uh, can I go in the next couple of days, can I go to the post office and buy stamps when it's not busy? And I said, you would like me to go to the post office on December 23rd or December December 24th when it's not busy? Sure. I could go when it's closed. When would it not be busy during during business hours? This is how most things go. When I ask you if you'll do something for me, and then it turns into, you want me to go to the post office when it's not busy? When's it not going to be busy? And I just say, never mind. I'll go there without my mask and buy some stamps. Second question from George, and it's a great one. Steve, did Santa Pantalones make a return appearance in your neighborhood? If ever our country needed an inflatable trow-dropping Santa, it would be this year. <laughs> yes. He did. He, he has. Did. But and, there well, is, there is a, a mechanical there's a mechanical glitch this year with Santa Pantalones that, that our ten year old comments on literally every day when we pass it. Do you it, think and it's that a is, mechanical glitch or do you think it's an it, accurate representation it, it could, of twenty twenty? It could be it could be his way of sending a twenty twenty. So yes, yes indeed, Santa Pantalones, the mechanically trow dropping Santa, inflatable uh trow dropping Santa, as George so eloquently puts it, is back, as always, tethered to the front yard um of of a neighbor five minutes away. However, the mechanism that raises and lowers the drawbridge of his trow is either not working or not powered up because his trow is permanently down this holiday season. And the other day when we drove by, I loved this. Our 10-year-old our said, I bet if someone just went over and pulled them up, they'd start working again. <laughs> Like, she like, thinks like, they haven't tried that. That somebody just like, hasn't like, pulled like, the pants like, up. Like pulling the the chain on a lawnmower. Right? Yeah, yeah. She thinks that would solve all yeah, the problems. Yeah, maybe it would. <laughs> uh, wishing you a safe, happy, and blessed holiday season, George and Columbus. George, thank you. A uh, great couple of questions there. Jackie writes, "Hey, Steve, a resident dog checking in. Dog. Um, resident dog checking in. H- how did it type? I don't know. My baby, my babysitter loves." Oh, yes, it is a resident dog checking in. There's photographic evidence. Okay. My babysitter loves Sesame Street and recently found your cameo, Merry Christmas, Uno, our resident dog. Oh, hi, Uno. And look at this. Look at this picture, Rebecca. I'm going to I'm gonna walk across the room so you can uh, drink this in and narrate exactly what's going on here. In this picture, <laughs> Uno is um, standing on a carpet next to a, I'd say, 18-month-old, two, maybe a two-year-old, 18-month-old would be my guess, wearing a New York Liberty Lobo 50 jersey while staring at the television, which has my face on it from my appearance on Sesame Street. We should really post that picture on Instagram. I've said that multiple times over the last few weeks and haven't posted any, but that one needs to go up. Let's uh, put uh, in context the uh, that that New York Liberty seafoam green and black jersey with yeah. the seafoam green and orange piping. Yeah, where does that rank in the pantheon of of uh, WNBA jerseys of all time? One of the best for sure. Absolutely, and the top possibly three, the best, maybe the best ever. Yes, without question. Dear Rebecca and Steve, writes Rachel. I hope this email finds all well there and everyone's surviving the holidays. As a teacher, these two weeks off is the best Christmas present one could ask for. May your family have a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thanks. Uh, Same to you, Rachel. Rachel in Idaho. Uh, Rebecca, I think you need to do a sock sorting and folding video tutorial for all of us listeners. 
You should you should do that. Upload it to YouTube, Rebecca. When it comes upload it to YouTube, it should be a Netflix series. Like a Ma- series. Mari Kondo, who you know organizes your your drawers. You could you could teach people how to fold. Mm, okay. I'll have to think of a, a, a catchy name for that. Uh, when it comes to laundry in my house, the kids do their own laundry. They've been doing their laundry for the past four years. They're now fourteen and eleven. Imagine that, Rebecca. Imagine that. Imagine that. That is parenting. Remember that Sesame Street. Imagine that. Imagine that. Uh, Remember Bert and Ernie? Yeah, one of the great Ernie. Sometimes I imagine that I would like to be a knight in shining armor in a castle by the sea. Of course, it's one of the great ones. I'm going to watch that as soon as I get off this podcast. Um, Kids doing their own laundry—that's the impossible dream, but it's it's possible for other people's kids. Okay, so in defense of my parenting of our children when it comes to laundry, I'm going to throw this in there. One of the reasons it makes more sense for us to consolidate laundry is that our kids wear uniforms to school and they don't have five separate uniforms like they have you know a couple uniforms so you need to do the laundry every two days so that they have their appropriate clothes ready to go when they wear them to school but if they were just doing their own laundry they would only have like two days worth of stuff to do so for the economy of our laundry um, it does make sense for us to put all their stuff together. Uh, we marked their baskets to show load size and purchased measuring cups for small, medium, and large detergent amounts. It has worked for us and helped keep my sanity, writes Rachel. After this week's podcast, I wonder what what an angsty Rebecca and Steve podcast would be like. Have some quarantineagers as your guests? I'm intrigued. Oh, because last year was our... Um Frustrated slash angry podcast. Last week, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, it could have been. It was uh, the, the pregame was somewhat frustrated and angry. Yeah. And and it would have been nice to have if that had spilled out into the podcast. But I don't think it did. No, no, it didn't. Well, I enjoyed the minivan club. She writes, boy, my friends are having fun giving us a hard time. We looked at SUVs. I joined the minivan van club. My friends are having fun giving us a hard time. We looked at SUVs and minivans, and the minivan has far more legroom and storage capacity. Now to come up with a minivan wave. The minivan, of course, is is the only way to go. The, do it with pride and uh, no self-consciousness no, whatsoever. No, 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 As no, I no. say, when I'm an empty nester, uh, I'll be driving a the minivan as my uh, big retired guy car. If I can put hats in the back window, I'll figure out a way to do that. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. There's a way for driving the truck, classic Mustang and motorcycle, but nothing for the minivan. Thank you for the laughs amidst the mundane and drawn out COVID-19, the pandemic. She hashtagged that. Have you come up with a minivan wave yet, you, uh, Steve? Have I? Yeah. I, 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 not yet. I, 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 for now, I do the the uh, Queen Elizabeth turning the light bulb. No, what it would be would be a good one is to, like, you toast the other minivan driver by raising what you inevitably have in your cup holder, which is a tumbler of coffee. Yes. Maybe a, a, a Dunkin' one where you can see, like, the trickle of coffee down the side. Like a, like just, a, like, a toast? Yeah, you just raise yeah. it up to them, like, like with a nod. Yes, we're right. both tired, fueled by caffeine. The, the, the tumbler says mom-mobile on it. Well, you can also use the tumbler when you're not driving, but, yeah, it just has to be full of, like, a clear sure. coffee sure. mug that yeah. you're the, you're running on caffeine and you're saluting one another. It could also be seen as, as a cry for help, as a, as a secret handshake that says, help me. It could. Uh, P.S. writes Rachel, and this is critical. Okay, Rebecca, okay. shame oh. on you. Okay. I might add, she's not shaming you, but but you are. But but I'm feeling shame nevertheless. P.S. I had written a while back about obtaining a signed copy of Rebecca's book. Any update on that? I'm happy to pay for the book and shipping, Rachel. 
this is not on me. You never forwarded me the address. Is this the one where she? I'm doing this as we speak. I'm going. I'm forwarding it to you. But what, when I go to the post office to get stamps, we will take a signed book to the post office. Of course, and we will we drop will. it in the mail. Uh, sorry about that, Rachel. Oh, that's awful. Well, we're awful people. We are. What can I say? Um, but uh, Andy, Andy writes, a "Merry Christmas to you both." Last week, you and Rebecca talked about a delayed package delivery. We have a similar story. My wife mailed an average-sized book from our Connecticut post office to my daughter in Missouri. It was dropped off November 30th and still has not arrived. Average-sized book, November 30th? Ooh. It went from the local distribution center out to Kansas City in two days. So far, so good, right? After that, it went to a distribution center in Arizona. Arriving there 13, yes, 13 days later on December 16th. It departed there on the 18th, and as of this writing is still in transit, arriving late now, three weeks after it went out. We have no idea where it is, hopefully heading in the direction of Missouri. This is a first for us in decades of using the Postal Service for package mailing. You're a loyal listener. Andy in Connecticut, we had a similar story with a... Uh, that's uh, what we told. That's, that's what, what we talked about. That's, yes, that's right. That's yes. why he wrote the letters. That's why he wrote we the talked letter. about that makes our daughters. Sense. I thought he was Jacket. anticipating our, our, our very thoughts. He, he, he had... Uh, you thought he was listening to our Alexa. Yes, And knew exactly. that we had been talking about... But no, but also my, my brother in suburban Chicago uh, texted me last night saying, thanks a lot for the cookies. This place that we love to get cookies from, we we sent them out to our siblings who sent send us, you know, uh, my brother in Chicago had sent us uh, Lou Malnati's pizzas, and and so literally is the least we could do. But but all of my other siblings got them like a week and a half ago, and he got his last night. And I know that because I was looking at the tracking, and it, it was stuck in the suburb of Palatine, not too far away from him for three or four days. So the mysteries, I, I understand everybody's busy, of course. This is uh, crazy, um, especially this year, delivery people and whatnot. And we know that these... But it, it's kind of fun to, to imagine, anthropomorphize these desks and cookies and things and books and, and imagine them just sort of sitting with a three-day layover in Palatine. And you also know that the postal service had some interesting challenges this oh, year. Oh, of course, of course. The, 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 uh, nothing but love for the... Postal Service, um, and I know you love the Postal Service, which is why I'm going to let you go buy the stamps. I do like the people who work at our, just like I like the people who work at our grocery store. I like the people who work at our post office. Of course. I I didn't. Did I suggest other ones? I will enjoy seeing them and and expressing my holiday greetings to them. Okay, Dr. Gary Siegel writes, and and I'm, I'm, uh, the header on this is in quotes, I also exercise regular. Okay. Dear Rebecca and Steve, other than being embarrassed by my typographical error in last week's note, I'm happy to report that all is well within our family as Christmas approaches. Taking a moment to revisit laundry, I wish to report that while I have mastered to around 85% the stacked basket system in our laundry room in which certain types of dirty clothes go into certain baskets, today when I asked my wife, where does item X go, she replied, just put it on top of the dryer. I, I do that sometimes. Of if course. I don't know where it goes, I put it on top of the dryer. Mm-hmm. We, we have a similar, I guess, stacked basket. Sometimes... Uh, the, the one basket is on top of another, but we don't have like a high-rise uh, building of, of various, I mean... And we don't more have baskets, baskets, like a basket for whites and a basket for colors or anything like that. It's uh, and, and the baskets aren't designed to be stackable either. They're just no. mismatched things stacked on top of one another. Uh, the podcast, writes Dr. Siegel, has remained one of many things that has kept us all a bit more sane while we've had, all had our lives altered in various ways. And for that, along with scores of viewers, I am grateful. 
Well, we're grateful to you, Dr. Siegel. The podcast has remained upbeat, a bit quirky as always, and fun. It has provided a sense of normalcy in abnormal times. You have wisely acknowledged more than a few times that COVID-19, the pandemic, has caused anything from upheavals in our routines, and we viewers are a fortunate lot, I suspect, to tragically serious health, economic, and other issues for so many across our neighborhoods, our country, and the world. I typed this at 6 a.m. on Tuesday, delaying the inevitable climb down the stairs to the exercise bike, which is calling my name. Best wishes to all of the Ball and Chain family for a wonderful Christmas and a happy, healthy, and better 2021. Let's leave 2020 in 2020. All the best. Gary, I don't think I could sum up this year of, of podcasts or this year of COVID-19 the pandemic any better than that. Rebecca? No. And so to everyone, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and... Um, uh, thank, thank you. Thank you. Uh, for- as always, to... I interrupted. Go ahead, Rebecca. No, just thank you for listening. But also thank you to uh, producer, uh, long-suffering, a crack producer, Denny Gallagher. We haven't seen him this year because of COVID-19 seen him the pandemic. This year. That's yeah. crazy. It is crazy. But uh, just to torment him and to do- torment our viewers, uh, before Tom, Dick, and Harry officially play us out, I had promised. Months ago, I promised was the wrong word, threatened, I suppose. I had threatened months ago to... What were you going to input? I was going to input, uh, you know, for for a couple of years now, I've been taking piano lessons. I never, as will soon become very evident, I'd never read a note of music and never played a musical instrument, not a kazoo, not a recorder. How many nothing. years has it been now? Well, let's let's minimize the number of years because... It's been two? It's been, it's been two. Okay. And so uh, at the end of my... Uh, Alfred's adult piano book is Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. And so when I'm playing that in August, I'm trying to imagine myself playing this in some airport, hotel, cocktail lounge as people stuff bread in my jar and say, man, what are you doing here? Uh, So I, I, I practiced it. I'm a terrible piano player. I have an excellent teacher, Guy's the Miracle Worker, Damien. And uh, he also teaches our 10-year-old. He's taught all of our kids. And, uh, and so I'm going to. I would, never, I would never presume to have Tom, Dick, and Harry open for me. So I'm going to open for Tom, Dick, and Harry. Feel free to tune out now with a little Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. As Denny Gallagher points out, it was, it was sort of done best ever by John Denver and the Muppets. But I'm going to do a bad version, but it's my version, and I think you'll hear ambient noise, possibly dogs barking, possibly kids doing homework. Uh, There'll be a pause near the end where I forget how to play it and then resume recording when I remember. And uh, I'm sorry to leave you on this note in 2020, but I hope you will at least stay for Tom, Dick, and Harry playing us out after that. And on that note, Steve Russian. On a few sour notes, that's it. Play us out.
Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pad live in cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, well, we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.